Welcome, welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast, where dreams are made of and Sega consoles are nothing but a a distant distant memory. How you doing, David? It's a, good. It's, Sega consoles are but a dream. Only a dream. Yeah, nothing the, but a dream. It's the twentieth anniversary of the Sega Dreamcast. So it's crazy <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, it's insane. Like it was only around for what? Like it? I think it was like two thousand and one. Yeah, but it around was for like, like three years. I remember playing Crazy Taxi on it a lot. Like I think that was the big game for me. And the soundtrack was all Offspring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but the Dreamcast was like a pioneer in mod, what like what we take for granted nowadays, like online gaming and stuff like that. And moddable games. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's kind of cool too because like I remember Sonic Adventure, but I mean I played Sonic Adventure two on the GameCube, and that's still probably one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. It's just. It's so crazy to think of like how advanced the game seemed graphically as well. Like I, I've got like a little bit of a, a list here. Like Typing of the Dead was a a popular one. Sea Man. Yeah. Oh, I had Sea Man, <laughs> and that was great because it was uh, narrated by Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Um, there was a there was a RPG called Silver. Do you remember that? No, I didn't play that one. I played Skies of Arcadia. That was a big one. I'm that's actually one that I'm really hoping that uh, we'll get a a remaster or a Switch remaster for for Switch. Yeah. Um, Choo Choo Rockets. Choo Choo Rocket was amazing. That's a that was a great party game actually. That was like the Sega almost like the Sega equivalent of. No, I was gonna say Mario Party, but not. It was it was good. And playing that remember, game online was sweet. Do you remember um what was it called? Um Sega's like arcade version of the the racing game. I think it was called Cruising USA or Cruising No. Um, Cruising USA was like on uh, N64 and uh, didn't Sega publish that? Or is it that Midway? I think that was Midway. Um There there was like an cuz it's still in arcades, but there's a an arcade uh, it was made by Eugene Jarvis. Oh, it's Midway Games. Ah, oh, damn! What the hell was that game called? Maybe it was yeah. called Sega Street Racers. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like in it's in arcades still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played. I, uh, I played a lot of Fantasy Star Online, and I remember um, trying to when I got my Dreamcast. We didn't have dial-up anymore at the time. But most phones, like most homes, still had like dial-up internet access if you had DSL. Yeah. So I think we got, I think we got like uh, twelve hours of dial-up internet access for free with our internet provider. So every so often, I'd try and disconnect the internet and play Fantasy Star Online, and then they eventually took down the servers. And there's actually uh, for anyone who still wants to play that, there is someone who for decades has been hosting a fantasy star online server and you can play with the dreamcast the gamecube version uh pc uh and it's funny because it's running all the time and there's like always only like nine people playing on let me just see load this up it's called oh, you're like, actually looking it up <laughs> yeah it's, i can never pronounce it it's like S C H T hack, Fancy Star Online server. 
Shit hack? Shit hack? Something like that? Maybe it's like shiitake? There are a total of 18 people playing right now. That's 18 more than I would have expected. Right? But you can play For a 20-year-old game? Yeah, GameCube, Dreamcast, uh, PC. They just really uh, supported, like, Blue Burst or Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online 2. Yeah, it's crazy, like, that there's still diehard fans from this original, like, Dreamcast game. Do you remember um, Jet Set Radio and Jet Set uh, Jet Grind Radio? Oh, yeah. That Jet was Grind what I, Radio was sweet. Yeah, one of my favorites. Um, Crazy Taxi 1 and 2. Um, I think one of the better, like, I think the Dreamcast had better versions of Resident Evil than the GameCube did. At oh, some yeah, points. because the, the it, it was way more capable graphic graphics wise. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom 2. Fantasy Star Online is on this list. Hey, it's actually listed as number five. The original Soul Calibur, the best game possible, Sonic Adventure 2. I remember in, in, in that one. Uh, sliding down the streets in the city, and you just like the plow truck chases after everything. you. Yeah, yeah. Good times, good times. Those were when the the times were simpler. I remember when it came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is stupid. The controller's stupid." But after I got one, it it actually like really kind of grew on me, and it's it's one of my most nostalgic and favorite consoles. See, when I when I look at the past, controllers I thought were the dumbest were probably like the GameCubes, which is like the most urban er, er, ergonomically correct controllers. Like it's just yeah. so comfortable. Yeah. Um, I actually am a huge fan of the Xbox 360 controller, and then later on, like the one, um, the Wii U by far is still the dumbest controller I've ever picked up. The, like which, I, I the, the Pro controller. No, the, or the tablet. Like, the tablet. Like it's yeah. like I understand the switch came from that, but the switch is just like I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. It doesn't feel loose. Like I already feel like, and I don't play handheld very often with my switch, but like I already feel like the Joy Cons are loose and they shouldn't be. I've never dropped. Oh, yeah. it. Mine's felt loose since day one. Yeah. The problem with the Joy Cons is that they they're not designed ergonomically to play like they need to be on somewhat of an angle because like the way that you hold them especially if they're in the Joy-Con grip it's just like a straight up vertical uh, orientation right like there's no kind of movement to uh, uh, like what is it there's no like nice curvature movement to your thumbs when you're when you're going back and forth from like the uh, the buttons to the Joy-Con or the joysticks yeah which I can get some uh, really, really nice cramps in my hands playing long, long time on uh, the Switch. So that's why if I'm playing on TV mode, I always play with the uh, the Pro Controller. Which do you have a Pro Controller for your Switch? Yep, I actually got an insane deal on it. Yeah, it's such a comfortable controller. The buttons are nice and squishy. The only thing that I dislike about it is that the the D-pad is not like a rocker style. Yeah, it's it's very like static. Yeah. But yeah, but, what what are we talking about today? Um, actually, I just I wanted to uh, bring up something that I didn't tell you about pre-show. Oh no. Because uh, it's a little bit funnier. Um, I got this <laughs> idea from watching a, a a local television program. Um, but it's it's a, like a you blew it where if somebody fact checks us. 
um, we'll call ourselves out for it because you know what? We're we're not perfect. We're humans. We are how the about, people's choice. How about we just don't let pe- like don't encourage people to fact check us? No, but it's not. It's not. The show it's is like, strictly opinion piece. <laughs> um, My it, opinion it, is that this game it, came out last week, but it comes so out next week. The the only one that we had last week, which is hilarious, because you actually fact checked me on it. Was this is still season one? We've only oh, been running yeah. scene on screen since April. Um, we forgot about the next episode and when it died. R.I.P. Next episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to think that we've been doing like different shows for the last two years. Yeah, like we've been doing the the podcast for quite some time now. But uh, I guess the. What's it called? The uh, what's the bird that catches on fire? The the phoenix will rise again. Phoenix. This is like the phoenix of the rising from the ashes of every other podcast. We had show one with like Devin, yeah, and then we had the next episode with um, Ty, and now it's just David and I. You're stuck with us. The next one will just be one of us. Yeah, just one, us uh, talking less. to the, the mic, just breathing heavily for everyone to listen to. But to answer your question, we have a fairly big show and not a lot of time to do it. So let's get right to it. We have uh, Borderlands 3. We have some Gears 5. Um, we're going to talk about David's experiences with some digital returns. And our biggest fear um, about how the gaming or how the gaming community is losing one of its greatest events so let's start off with borderlands 3 uh, as we know it comes out this week as well as gears 5 and nhl 9 or uh, nhl 20 so we have a pretty big week in gaming it's it's not a, a light one on our wallets but borderlands 3 is becoming an interesting topic for me i was gonna check it out but now i'm getting to the point where i'm looking at reviews i'm seeing the reviews that are out there and the 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 verbiage and the words people are using in the reviews versus the scores don't make a lot of sense i'm hearing like this game could be better this game has flaws this game is a stopgap game between now and call of duty now and destiny now and this that and the other thing now and cyberpunk then why is every company giving it a nine because they're getting paid. Is that the only reason? Like, what What am I missing? Why are people complaining about the game, finding it boring, finding it, yes, nostalgic, but not really, like, we didn't need the predecessor. Like, people were so hyped when it was announced, right? Like, it was announced earlier in the summer that it was coming out this fall. People were super fucking pumped. And it just, the game kind of looks similar. Yeah, you are getting new characters. The the one thing that is a main selling point for somebody like me, who only plays online certain games, is it has like a 30-hour story. It kind of has a Fallout feel to it, but also, I don't know. I just, there's part of me that thinks it's, the second game was good. The first one was okay. I don't know if you can get past good for Borderlands. See, I think like the the initial hype was because Borderlands 2 was such a it was such a good game and it did have a fairly strong community 
behind it. So I think it's like, oh, we love this game. They're making the next one. And there's always that initial hype when a sequel to a game that you enjoy is announced, right? Yep. But now that it's coming out, it's uh, it's the same game, right? Like just with a few quality of life improvements maybe, you know, just an updated graphics engine, stuff like that. So people are kind of seeing like, oh, okay, well, there's not much substance to this, right? You, Other than like, sure, the story is probably pretty good, but it's it's not anything different. Like the, did you ever play the pre sequel? No, I I've only played one and two. See, I I played that a little bit, and it felt just kind of like, eh, okay, because it was like, it was done already. You know, like yeah, a different story, but I'm still just playing the same game with no. Uh, it didn't really feel like any notable major improvements, but I, is that kind of like when Metal Gear dropped Phantom Pain and everybody was just like, "Meh." Yeah, I think um, th- that's that's the problem with a lot of like these pre-reviews or like pre-release reviews, and there there are some companies with a few syllables in their names that are notorious for giving reviews where it's like they say all of these negative things about the game but they still give it a nine are you referring to the possible company that gave state of decay 2 a really good score and that game was garbaggio yeah um same things like the same company and other companies gave uh pillars of eternity on switch uh great reviews and the game itself and the history behind that game and if you like those uh, like crpgs it is a, a a very good game but they ignored all of the game breaking problems with it which then when when the game released and people are running to these issues it's like okay wait a second why did this game get a a nine why did this game get an 8.5? Because th- there's so many problems right now that it shouldn't be there, right? So if if I think a lot of people need to be kind of wary about these pre-release um, reviews. And I know like in the past when, when we've done reviews, like we try and be as critical as, as possible. And like we're not afraid to say, oh, yeah, well, this, this game looks great, but the it, there's so many problems with it um but i think with borderlands it's it's just the there was the hype for it and then people just realized closer to release like oh it's i i already have this game i've been playing it for the last like 10 years yeah like even with pvp it's gonna be the same so yeah it's a. Uh, it's a deli- like I. When do you think that one is going to go either on sale for a deep discount or become like a games with gold or a PlayStation Plus game? Borderlands Three. Yeah. Um. You know, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said Boxing Week. If you ask me now, which you are, I'm going to say this might end up in the same category as it's a. Uh, fellow september releaser 
NBA 2K20. I have a feeling Borderlands 3 is going to drop pretty heavy in the next two months. Because if you look at some of the games that are coming out, especially looter shooters, what's coming out October 1st? Uh, I do not know. Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Oh, people are still playing that game? Yeah, and it's actually fairly hyped, which is quite surprising. All the, all of the, uh, like, I, what was it, Wrath of the Lynch King? No. That's World of Warcraft. The No, Wrath of the White Witch is Nino Kuni. No, no, no. What's the Lynch King? Oh, you mean the Taken King or whatever? Oh, yeah, the Taken King. That was hyped when that came out for uh, Destiny 1. Yeah, but, like, even Destiny now, if you look at it, like, I, I might still have the game because I found out I couldn't trade it. It was only worth, like, $6. Wow. Yeah, and, like, this, like, I tried to trade it, like, two months after. I think I got it for free on PC. I've never played it. I played it. It was a free game on uh, PlayStation Plus. I loaded it up, played it a bit, and went, meh, and then uninstalled it. So, I, um, I wanted, I wanted to read this quote for you, um, well, and for everybody, but this is regarding Borderlands review copies, Okay. 2K Games and Gearbox will not be sending out review codes for Borderlands 3. Instead, we'll be setting up reviewers with new Epic Games Store accounts with the games fully unlocked, and we'll give you the warning about the games that it's being a work in progress. They asked us to stay away from the DirectX 12 implementation, for, um, and they told us that our progress in these builds may not carry over to the final game. How in the fuck are you giving a 9 out of 10 to a game that sounds that broken? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that is broken, but they, it just doesn't sound like it's ready for release. You know, okay, here, you can play this game, but don't play using the latest DirectX. Uh, why? Like, that's why, that's, that has capabilities that we want to see, right? Oh, your progress is not necessarily going to continue over uh that's that's fine right because they're essentially giving them or telling them that oh this might just be a demo but do you did you do you think 2k games also foresaw a potential double loss in september like they put two major titles within a week of each other that usually sell fairly well so like this is my other thing with these reviews i think they're 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 being or borderlands 3 is being influenced and like they're i you can't really accuse a company of paying for reviews even though you know it happens but when you look at as an example nba 2k20's poor start and they're anticipating play uh player base is has shrunk a lot mainly because they have i i think it has a lot to do with the fact that in the NBA Finals, literally two months ago, they were giving away the game for three dollars for last year's copy. And I think, uh, and and that also, I think backfired because a lot of people saw how many advertisements and like unskippable advertisements were were in NBA Two K nineteen. Yeah, but that was even on the disc, right? So. Right, but you make it accessible to everyone, right? Like even if someone's like I was thinking of buying it, I don't even really like basketball but it's like one of those things like oh you know what this could be fun you know have 
friends over want to play a sports game or if I just want to, you know, play a sports game. Um, four bucks, it's not that big of an investment, but so a lot more people saw this and saw what they were doing to the game. And now I think that's also kind of affecting how the the uh, perception of what NBA 2K20 is going to be. It's just a microtransaction laden game. Yeah. With like, like even in my career, once you run out of coins, you have to pay for coins. And like a play, like when I play, I like to play the game every once in a while. But I really like the sim engine on like for 2K Sports. So like I love going into like interviewing the players, trying to get them to like come to my team, convince them for this, that, and the other thing. I think that mode is great. But once I start running out of coins, I start running out of influence for like what my general manager can bring to a team. So then you actually have to like grind out the game pretty hard or pay for it. Um, when you look at kind of like the, the, the new way games are going, like a lot of people are trying to get away from these microtransactions and you're looking at even like 2K had such a poor release on this game that it's like it's physically broken. Like there's game modes that just aren't working. Um, the dreaded uh, menu or please return to menu to resync warning keeps coming up, which means you can't even play your game and they like drop it right above your scoreboard. So you have no idea what you're doing until you like leave the game. And sometimes it happens like 30 seconds into the game. Sometimes it's like five minutes in. You never really know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I I think this paired with Borderlands coming out um, this week not a good month for 2k and like looking at some of the other games that are dropping even in the next 10 to 15 days and then if you look just on the other side of that 15 day window you have destiny dropping another game which is another looter shooter borderlands play um play scope isn't as big as some of these other games again another company is depending on a lot of nostalgia and and hopefully like trying to succeed off how well Borderlands 2 did. But some of the games dropping in the next week, Gears 5, NHL 20. NHL 20 is going to do really well in North America, not so much in Europe. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and- Borderlands will survive overseas, but like Lego Jurassic World might pull in some people. Zelda, Link's Awakening, big big title coming out in the next little bit. It's it's tough to see how well this game can do for the month of September. I don't even think it's a top three seller. It it'll probably have good initial sales for like for for like the the week, uh, but I can see it dropping off fairly quickly. Um, I know that Gears Five is actually like super hyped. There's a lot of people very excited for it. It does look beautiful. Um, but it'll be interesting though to see how say Gears 5 uh, compares to Borderlands well Borderlands um, is available on Playstation yeah um, but still it's like the, you have a, a, a console exclusive game or like, I guess it's out for PC as well but you have, you have a, a console exclusive game facing off against a uh, multi-platform game but one of them is is getting a lot of almost negative um 
negative uh i forget what the word is it's getting negative word of mouth that's for yeah, sure yeah right like within the community like the reviews are saying that it's it's good but then the people are like eh it's justice league right? all over again yeah so it'll be interesting to see like how those two games kind of compete or at least for their their first week sales but with with uh, game pass right and gears 5 being uh available, available at yeah. release right that's going to skew those numbers a bit but not necessarily, because you might have. They're they're definitely gonna have to give us numbers for people who buy it physically, because not everyone has Game Pass. But I can see it being either very uh, comparable, if not uh, Gears almost doing better. Have, have do, they you announced? Gears, do you remember when Gears Four came out? Like there wasn't that much hype because I think that was the first one that the Coalition had kind of put together. And Gears 3 kind of ended in a very weird way, so mm-hmm. you were just like... But then I think they did a really good job with Gears 4, and which then led to this. And, and at E3, when they kind of showed off like the character that you're playing and like the story and all that stuff, that is what, what you got to do. Whereas what was the, the, the announcement stuff for Borderlands? It could have very well just been Borderlands 1. Yeah, it was just like... I believe the original announcement happened at what was it PAX and everybody was like yeah it was like super super but it was just like all these attractive girls being like yeah Borderlands is coming out we're the voice actors okay and like I I understand Borderlands is trying to have like that Deadpool self-awareness in the game which kind of makes it fun still but um, the one thing I have I've heard in a few reviews is like it gets tiresome really quickly some of their jokes because they're the repeated jokes, but like when you're making fun of pre-order bonuses and your game came out with five pre-order bonuses, one valuing at almost $250. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like be self-aware, but don't be that self-aware. It's there's breaking the fourth wall. And then they're standing in the room beside you telling the same joke over and over and over again. And that's where I kind of feel like it's sitting. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I hope, I hope for 2K's sake, they hit on this. I think Borderlands 3, I'll eventually pick it up and play it. Like, maybe it'll, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to wait till I can get it almost free. But I'm in no rush to pick up this title at all. Like, yeah, for a looter it, shooter that the will have a game of the year, it. yeah. Not only that, like, they're selling a season pass. I saw it, like, I walked by my local EB, and there's a season's pass for it, too. So they they intend to support this game for at least two years with new content. But is the content going to be quality content or is it going to be like we released a new vehicle for your character to ride? Like the the tagline for this one is like hundreds of guns and vehicles, right? So you never yeah. know. And the thing is like they could they could see that oh well the sales didn't do as much as they wanted to so then 2k is going to you know divert funds to other projects and then all the planned dlc like it could have been story story dlc stuff like that then get scrapped and then it's like okay well we have to give stuff for the season pass owners so then it turns into oh more guns and weapons and character skins which so, is the fortnite model yeah so 
That, that's where we're at with that one. I'm a personal in our, our scale of pre-order launch day, bargain bin, pass. Uh, I'm, I'm in between the bargain bin and the pass for this one. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I... I don't know. I would say like deep discount. It's a whole bargain bin. Yeah, like like I think you know how we compare movies sometimes where we're like, man, Marvel was really smart releasing this movie here because they're gonna win the box office for like four weeks straight. What was Two K thinking, releasing two games nine days or seven days apart, and? One's already having huge online issues. Lots of digital problems. People are calling for like um, digital, um, <coughs> excuse me, digital refunds, as well as like my, my EB was telling me like it's a hotly returned game. Like people are using their trial and returning the game, which they're allowed to do with, with their, their edge cards and stuff, right? But what's going to happen if these guys are like, could you imagine the fiscal hit if somebody was like, yeah, you know what? 2K wasn't for me this year, but I dropped my money on Borderlands 3. And then Borderlands 3 walks back in 15 days later. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. But like, at least you have that it's, advantage. It's, hard, it's not it's like digital, say, right? Yeah, yeah I, like they're, they're banking on you know, hopefully one of them will do better than the other, that it can offset the loss from the other one, you know? Well, NBA also heavily depends on microtransactions because, like, when you're playing, like, the My Player stuff, you're buying cards to build your best team. So, like, it, it's just, like, Madden and FIFA. Everybody wants to build the best team with their cards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people will pay. Well, somebody I work with paid, I think, 20 real dollars to buy a Kawhi Leonard card. Because he's still out of Raptors jersey. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, I'm only buying NHL 20 because Austin Matthews is on the cover. First really? leaf, co- yeah, first leaf cover athlete in so long. Oh. Well, maybe that will give them good luck. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, but I was trying to hit on digital returns because I know you just had an experience. Yes, quite the experience. Oh, quite. It actually was better than expected. So we all, everyone knows that, you know, most, unless you live in like the European Union, you, the European, I can't say it. European unless you market. live in the European Union, uh, companies don't have to give returns on digital content. And for the most part, in order to get a return for a digital purchase on like say PlayStation, Xbox, or actually, you know, Microsoft is pretty good with it uh, but i know that there's there's issues in the past with uh sony and nintendo actually their official policy is absolutely no refunds on digital purchases so um i i'd mentioned earlier i bought uh, uh or uh, i'd mentioned earlier about pillars of eternity for switch i pre-ordered it uh off the e-shop because uh the reviews that i was reading before was saying you know the game was great and you know it's it, it it's what you expect for this kind of game and it works well in handheld mode and all that and that's what i was looking for and there was like a 20 percent off pre-order bonus so okay the price is right so i play it i get it i play it and 
game crashes. Okay, that that happens from time to time. Then other things like uh, the garbled UI stuff like that, where like certain items you can't even see the text or anything like that. And then I go online and other people are kind of seeing these same problems. So the game was released in a broken state. It was playable, but barely. Um, so I had kind of stopped playing it, just expecting a patch to be released. So that was uh, a month ago, because the game came out on the 8th of August, I believe. So uh, there was no word, or sorry, there was word from uh, the developer, and it yeah, there was word from the developer that they were working on a patch, but then there's the whole like uh, uh, process that they have to go through with Nintendo to get it approved, and there was no ETA on that because that can sometimes takes take upwards of a month, if not longer. So uh, well, people were suggesting online, like you know what, like don't buy the game, wait for the wait for an update. Uh, if you bought it. And everyone was saying, like, contact Nintendo, like, get a refund. And I know, like I said, in Europe, it's totally, like, they have to legally do it. Uh, so I, I contacted Nintendo the other day. And I've had some issues in the past with, like, things that I've ordered being double-charged. But it, it was just stupid. Back when I got my 3DS, if you remember. Yep. Um, so I, I called, and Nintendo's... Uh, live like telephone customer support is amazing uh, i think they are their north american office is or at least for like canada um or their sorry north american support is in vancouver um so luckily i had the uh the three hour extra time difference on my side because i was calling it was like a sunday evening when i called so I talked to someone and I was explaining to them the situation. I was like, you know, this game's broken. There's no, uh, I've expected a patch to come out by now, but there's nothing. Uh, game crashes, blah, 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 all this stuff. Guy was like, you know what? Like, that's not, that's not what we like to hear. You know, you know, we want you guys to like, we want the gamers and the people that are buying games on our system to be able to play them, to enjoy them. Um, so he's like, and he kept saying, he's like, it's not, it's technically in our policy that uh, there's no refunds on digital content. On, on digital content, but they're like, you know what? Because this game is, you know, in, in the current state that it is, it's really not playable. Um, I'm I'm gonna say like we're gonna see what we can do. So then they put me up towards a a supervisor because they have to like a level two person has to kind of approve refunds. So I talked to the guy, super friendly, and he's like, "Yep." Um, so there is word. Uh, or a patch has been submitted for uh, I don't know certification or whatever, but there's no uh, ETA on the release date of that. So he's like, so normally we would say, uh, you know, a patch is released and, or a patch is coming and it's to be released in like a week or two, you know. So just wait for that because technically there's no refunds on digital content. But he said because there's no uh, estimate on the release date. And he's like, I, I don't want to tell you, like, you know, wait two, three months because it could be that. They uh, they gave me the refund. And did sweet. they let you keep the content as well? Or I don't, do you, I did don't you know. lose the license to it? I'm going to assume that I'm I, – like, so I, I think I can still technically play it right now. Um, he said that it would take 
uh, could take like two to three days for their system to process it. Um, I'm just going to try loading it up right now. I don't know. Uh, but they're like, oh, are you... Oh, okay, I'm getting a thing. The console checks check the internet. It's no longer valid. Yeah, so they've they've removed the license. Yeah, so they removed the license from my account. So I got the refund, um, but I'm just waiting for the uh, credits to go back onto my eShop account. And they and I expected it. Uh, they're they're like, oh, like, can do you mind if we just refund this back to your eShop? funds and i was like yeah that's totally fine because that gives me the opportunity to buy something else that i was uh oh yeah there it is 52.92 wow that was quick eh that was fast so uh, i remember when i do you remember when i bought vault 76 uh and yes so i pre-ordered the bicentennial edition because i was like you know what i want that extra content i love fallout I'm willing to give the company a little bit of extra money because you know what? I enjoy all their games. I like the game was really, really broken. And I was like, you know what? This isn't fun. So I took it back to, to the place I purchased it. And they told me that they wouldn't give me the full refund of $120. They would only give me what the, the stock game was worth because there was digital content on the receipt. I brought in, all three pieces of digital content. I was like, of course, like I never use the digital content. I never use it within the 15 days because that's not the way I want it. Um, like I want to make sure that I enjoy the game before I do that. And this went back and forth, back and forth. And they, they like, I begrudgingly took the refund for the $90 plus tax. Um, and then I contacted like EB's like head office directly. I was like, well, you should really make this part of your policy known. You can't just, spring this on somebody it's not in your written policies or anything it's not on the back of the receipt right and the digital content argue argument for me started about a year ago and what they ended up doing is they gave me 30 dollars online in-store credit so i couldn't even use it in the store and i haven't used the online credit because like i just i haven't thought of anything that i wanted to buy for 30 dollars or less yeah and and it's it's annoying when you you gotta be careful because sometimes those credits will expire yeah, I have until like November. Let's see, yeah, like I think uh, Steam not too long ago, or maybe a few years ago, or whatever, um, started allowing refunds of purchases because uh, originally their their policy was no refunds. Um, if if you had an issue with the game or whatever, if it was completely broken, doesn't didn't run at all, you could um, you could contact them and they could potentially give you a refund but for the most part same policy as every other company no refunds so they've implemented a system and anyone who's a pc gamer uh should hopefully know this by now um if you buy a game digitally i think you have two weeks with less than two hours of playtime of the game to request a refund and it goes through an automated system so it's based off of the day that you purchased it and the length of time that you've played and i think that is actually a a, a perfect uh, system in I think place two hours is really short but but still like uh, i would say if there's um if if there's enough problems in a game you you might see them pop up within two hours and, and i guess like for pc games it's a little 
easier to see problems, especially if, if it's like hardware incompatibilities or, or whatnot. But I could see Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft all implementing something like this. Now, it's like a little not needed so much for Microsoft now that they have the Game Pass and all of their first-party games or, uh, yeah, all their first-party games are going to be released on there, right? Um, but it would be, I would say, very consumer-friendly for all of these companies to implement some sort of uh, time-based refund system. So, and I, I think the, the the reason why it's two hours is because there are like some people will buy like a short indie game that you could beat in four hours, right? If they increase the time to four hours time play, someone could just rush through the game, beat it, and then refund it, right? So, I guess it's to to prevent kind of uh, people taking advantage of the system. But how? I don't know. Buyer's remorse is a big thing, especially for digital digital games. And I think that's why a lot of people, and myself included, try and stay away from buying new games full price at launch. Yeah, right? because like if you tough. buy a game, yeah, like, and that's why I was kind of on the fence with Pillars of Eternity because okay, I got it for for twenty percent off what it was, uh, what its list price was. So I was like, okay, I, I saved I saved the money on that one, but I'm still not able to play this game. But it was it was still enough that I was like, you know what, I might as well try. Whereas if I bought a game on sale and it was like five dollars, it's like, okay, you know what, whatever, I'll take the hit, five bucks. It's not that big of a deal to make a a big enough complaint. But five dollars is enough that if I bought it and there was an automated system in place where you put it in it's like i can't even play 20 minutes of this game because it just sucks i i I, either i dislike it or it crashes constantly if an automated system was in place where i could just request a refund and it's based off of when i bought it how long i've played and it's either like approved or denied then i think that would be a much better system and i think most companies should take a page out of valve Valve's book and allow that because otherwise just just because otherwise we are at the mercy of government laws right and that's why in the European Union uh, they have to allow refunds of digital purchases or you have to be like you are allowed to cancel pre-orders and all that stuff uh, digital pre-orders so Props on Nintendo though, for like actually being so cool about it. The guy was like, "Oh, are there any other games that you're like thinking of purchasing?" I'm like, "Well, ever since that Nintendo Direct that just dropped a few uh, not too long ago, my list grew substantially." So we had a good time with the conversation, at least. Yeah, it, and you've never had to call Nintendo support, or have you cut had to call Sony or anything like that? No, I've called Microsoft. Microsoft is usually pretty good. I actually have to call them again. Because I have a live subscription, but somehow every once in a while they like to charge me thirteen dollars for an extra month of live, and like I've, I don't know how they keep doing it. Like I keep suspending the idea of it. Like I keep telling it that it's not allowed. So I call in, have a really nice conversation with somebody who lives in Arizona, and that's it. 
because that's where Microsoft's main call center is. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I've anytime that I've had to talk with someone from Nintendo, they're always like asking me, "Hey, oh, what games are you playing? Like, what? Like, oh, I see that you just bought this one because, like, you know, they look up your account. Like, how is that? Stuff like that. So, You're like, none of your damn business, Karen. Yeah. Hey, can <laughs> you get out of my personal space? <laughs> Respect my, the drip. But it was funny because I was like, he he had asked me, you know, what I'm looking at buying. I was like, well, I just. I just bought uh, the Final Fantasy VIII remaster, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I've I've been like thinking of get, picking that one up." And he's like, "And it's amazing because apparently they lost the source code." I'm like, "Okay, this guy is clearly a gamer because not many people know that 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 apparently is the the reason why Square Enix has taken so long to release Final Fantasy VIII um, because they lost the original source code." Right, so it's like it was just kind of cool being like, oh, okay, I'm talking to someone who's who doesn't just sit at a desk all day dealing with customers. Well, they do probably, but you know, they go home and they they enjoy the games that they that Help they with. that they play. Right, like yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope I never have to do that again, though, or at least not for a while. Yeah, you've actually just given me some like weird PTSD because I have to call Microsoft because it's, like, but you know, it's a pain in the ass just to get to someone. Nintendo's all right because if you go to their like their website's kind of finicky because there's a lot of like options to choose from like what what's your problem what does it entail okay what system how, how would you like to talk you there's an SMS like you can text support I didn't do it but Sony's is a pain in the butt because it doesn't work out the time Microsoft's just makes you get a call back that's how it works it's like oh okay well we'll call you when you're ready yeah. We'll call you between the hours of 8 a.m. and 1.30 a.m. It's like the cable guy, and they're just waiting for you to not answer the phone so they don't have yeah. to deal with you. Yeah. Um, be- before we go tonight, I-, I do have one other topic that I, I really that-, that hits close to home for myself and a lot of other gamers. Um, David, when you were in your teens, when you were a spry young buck, um, what was the one thing that made video game launches oh so special uh opening the disc and smelling it okay so before you did something weird oh uh <laughs> <laughs> what did you do before you got that that disc or cartridge depending well, on well i'm going to i i remember not necessarily a game release but a console release uh lining up outside of best buy with I don't know, 50 other people in the freezing, freezing cold waiting for the release of the Nintendo Wii at, well, actually, that was at, like, 7 a.m., but still, it might as well have been midnight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember the the launch for um, the Xbox One. Myself and uh, our old friend Alex Cote went to uh, go pick up our Xbox Ones, and we battled people uh, on Pokemon X and Y in the line uh, while we waited till like 2 a.m. to get our Xboxes. And like we were at the front of the line. It was actually, we got, I got mine at like 12.15. So it wasn't that bad because I had a, yeah. an edge card. But you're not seeing that a lot anymore. You're not seeing these midnight launches because a lot of things are available via digital or people and, are just like, fuck it, I'll go in the morning. And, and labor laws. Yeah, th- those are <laughs> those are a big thing. 
But we want to give a shout out to the good people of Microplay. Because boy, oh boy, are those guys still grinding it out. And like they're all privately owned, right? But they're they're there for gamers. They're not corporate. They're not. Well, I guess they're corporately owned kind of because it's like a jumbo like, video like thing. franchised. Yeah, I think I think they're franchised. But it's not like an EB Games that operates inside of a mall. Like I know in Guelph, as an example, there's one outside EB and one inside EB. And the, the inside EB is like one of the most popular ones in Ontario. It's, a, it's a, just a, a very big and busy location. But the outside one has all these crazy midnight launches, whereas these guys kind of are selective. They pick and choose. And the good old people of Microplay are like, fuck it, we'll open at midnight for pinball. <laughs> who knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i saw that list obviously pinball wasn't the thing i think they were referring to nhl and borderlands right yeah yeah but i, I you know what? i'm gonna be that one guy that just goes into buy star wars pinball on your own yeah do you they do you get your own line <laughs> <laughs> yeah they should have separate lines for for what, whatever game you're playing you just gotta be sitting there foaming at the mouth with your switch you're like come on yeah Come on! I need pinball. <laughs> I I know like um, the the EB Games in the mall near me. Back when it was on the first floor of the mall, and midnight releases were a thing. The mall would have to keep stay open. Well, like the whole mall would would close, but they would have to keep like a door to outside um, unlocked. They would have to have security to keep people in a line, you know, because the mall closed at nine. So that, I think, is a big part of the reason why a lot of stores have stopped doing them. Um, but I also just don't think that there's big a big enough demand. I know that, uh, what was it, like Call of Duty Black Ops 4 or something like that? Their midnight release was 9 p.m. A lot of games are doing 9 p.m. releases the day before. And, uh, well, like, if you look at somebody like Call of Duty, like Activision doesn't activate their servers till midnight. They let you download the game, but they keep it fair. Right? Like, I yeah. think that was the whole thing with their last launch. Or was that, um, who did the last one? Was it Infinity Ward or is it Activision? Uh, I don't know. Well, Activision publishes them all anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. But... That was their whole thing last year, right? Like, they delayed... They let people release the game. But I remember a friend of mine's game shop got the game, like, two days early, but the game was a coaster until it was unlocked in North America. Which I think is a smarter way of doing it. Because then, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to get up in the morning and go get it, you're going to get up in the morning and go get it. you've, You've already made the decision... To not play that night, which is fine, but there yeah. are some there are some people who will try and prestige between one a.m. and six a.m. To really fuck it, I can I can play six hours right now. Let's go. Yeah, um, I remember. Uh, so the EB at the mall where I got the Xbox One, there was a Pizza Pizza that stayed open till one a.m. and they made so much money that, that night. That is smart business there. <laughs> Yeah, there's a pizza pizza inside the mall, and they just left their mall entrance open, and they were like they were taking orders in the line. They're like, "Would you guys like a pizza?" And then they would deliver the pizza to the line. 
four dollar delivery fee. Um, but like, it's not just the video game midnight release. Movies have gone away with the midnight. Yeah, because movies. Well. Yeah, movies come out Thursday at nine o'clock now for a yeah, Friday so, show. So Thursday, the Thursday nine o'clock show, or the Thursday even seven o'clock for some of them, that's the midnight release, right? And I think I think a big part of it is because you know the the companies don't want to pay the employees. It's a security issue as well, right? Um, well, it's and, not like the movie thing isn't really a security issue. Well, it's like you know. Bat Batman, what was it? The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, was the reason that is kind of stopped. Yeah, but like, there's I, I I guess there's multitudes of reasons why it stopped. But for the most part, when you think about it, if if a company, we'll say the, take the movies for example, if they can play a new movie like a super anticipated movie, we'll say like the the next Avengers, right? If they can play that at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. on the Thursday, that's two twice, showings. Two yeah. showings that they are getting instead of one at midnight, right? So, and and it's not like they're just going to be showing it twice, right? They're going to be showing it, have two screens at 7 p.m. and two screens at 9 p.m. And one of them is going to be an IMAX screen, right? So for a, uh, a financial business standpoint it makes more sense to do those early thursday or, or late thursday releases same thing with games right like th- these companies like eb games um even like stores like best buy walmart they're going to get those sales thursday friday saturday sunday rather than just friday saturday sunday right so I don't know. Honestly, I think the last game that I can recall is uh, Call of Duty that did like the nine nine p.m. release that you could pick it up, your pre-orders, and or or buy the game. Um. But what what game would you go to a midnight release for? Like what upcoming game? I mean, there was talk between myself and a friend about possibly going to the NHL 20 release at Young and Dundas because there was potentially Leaf players going to be there which would have been super awesome because then you could have a Leaf cover signed mm-hmm. by Leafs. I thought that would have been pretty cool. I could get some Leafs and dip them in ink and sign your Fine. Toronto your Maple copy. Leafs. I could find a maple tree in Toronto. Anyways, yeah, like, I mean, the next, I honestly, the last two lines I was in for something to be released was Super Nintendo, and it wasn't even my pre-order one, because I pre-ordered one, so I could have got one, but I got in line mm-hmm. to help a buddy out, so, like, we I, bought two consoles that morning, but I already had one safely at another location, Yeah, I and think then the Xbox. I would have to... I would go for like a midnight release if they were to release like a like an N64 mini or or like a, a, a Mario Party or something like that. You know, make an event of it like at home with your friends. Like, oh, you know what? Like, oh, they're releasing the Mario Party collection. Take a take note, Nintendo. Um, 
Didn't they where, do that on 3DS, and it's just a, a collection of the mini games? Yeah, but like I mean, like the full like they should release Mario Party one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in one epic collection, the full games for forty nine ninety nine. Um, but something like that, you know, you a big part of the midnight releases was the hanging out with your friends, hanging out with your friends there, right? You know, you you guys got a bunch of candy, got a bunch of pop, bring a nice blanket, bring a chair if, you, if you're allowed to bring them, you know, and just hang out with people. Hang out with like-minded individuals. Everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone's excited. You know, that, that person who's f- first in line, who's been there since Wednesday at noon, right? And they are the first one to buy the game or the console and everyone cheers for them like that's just like it's exciting right yeah it it's it's not that anymore because there's no couch co-op games anymore what was there's, the it's, me... everything's online you know you know that you're gonna buy a game right put it in okay it's gonna take 10 minutes to install but then there's always always gonna be a day one patch and it's <laughs> In in the case of uh, oh, there's one um, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. the The patch for that game was the entire game because they had to fix so much stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's no longer where you can get a game and just go and start playing it. There's so many other things that take so much time out of that experience of being excited about a game and and playing it. Like, did. The gaming industry killed their own midnight releases, maybe. There's, as I said, I think now with guaranteed, like they're guaranteed to hold your pre-order for twenty-four to forty-eight hours before they just sell it and say, "Well, you still get a copy on the next shipment." But that's the other thing when when we were going to midnight releases, like in our glory days of like PS3 and 360. And even like the early days of Xbox One and PS4, stores didn't buy a lot of copies of games. Mm-hmm. So you had to pre-order. You had to go to releases. Because if you didn't go to the release, you had to wait. But here's the thing, though. Did they actually not have enough copies? I could say for some niche games, sure. But for games like... And, and yeah, I could see if you wanted... Uh, special collector's edition yeah absolutely i would recommend pre-ordering those especially back in the day when they obviously would not be ordering in you know two dozen you know two hundred dollar special collector's editions of a game yeah but you're pre-ordering those unless they they specifically say no pre-orders yeah but like then there's the base games like there's it, it would just be stupid from a business point of view where oh this new game this new highly anticipated game's coming out but we're only going to bring in enough for the people that pre-order it no i don't think that's ever been the case i think it's it's potentially a scare tactic to get people to to put money down before uh before the game's released like an interesting one could be pokemon because i mean you're going to get people with 3ds's who are out there to battle i think that'll be kind of fun Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not going to a midnight release for Pokemon. I've passed that. I'm just, I'm not there anymore. 
I don't think yeah, I've ever I'll, gone to a midnight release for Pokemon. I've just walked in and picked it up. But yeah. I've never also bought Pokemon on launch. I'm also interested to see, which will be for another day, um, if they do the same kind of support that they did with the 3DS, where if you walked into like an EB or a Best Buy, you could pick up a specific Pokemon. So I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the last Pokemon game that I got at launch was um, Pokemon X and Y. Because that was the first one for the 3DS. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing with uh, the uh, Nintendo Jordan Switch. Jim? Buying the first first Pokemon game on release for that console. See, Pokemon for me is going to be a digital. Because I want to be able to play it when I want. Mm. Turn it off when I want. See, like I thought about that. But then the Pokemon games retain their replay value or resell value that's immensely. true like i could probably sell a pokemon sword or shield like three years down the road for the same for point. the same price that i paid for it right well you remember when i sold pokemon silver with the poke stepper i got like a hundred dollars for it and i paid 40 yeah yeah um, like i think i sold my copy of uh pokemon sun i paid 40 bucks for it I I got like fifty dollars store credit for it. Yeah, it's, it's like, I mean the the other thing is like I'm already filling my switch with a bunch of useless crap and like the switch's interface. Like I wish you could build folders. The switch's interface to me is all? just so so sloppy. Like see, the, I, I have that pro- stupid shooting chickens game and it just sits oh. in the deck. But see the problem with the switch interface is that on the main main screen you get one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve so twelve of your most recent games show up there and then you have to go to your all software and then scroll through them so there's games that i've bought forever ago that if i haven't played them anytime soon they show up in there and i just kind of forget about it yeah i can see it like i've down i downloaded dc universe online haven't played it yet. I downloaded it at launch. Oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah, you don't need to play that. It's Yo, like I lo- a, It's a seeming pile of garbage. Yo, I loved it on PC, though. I yeah, had Fla- was- Flashman. He was Flash but and Batman. It's just like you got to spend so much money to but just get anything in there. No, it's, it's pretty. If you play it for free, you're getting what you pay for. But. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, uh, I want to say. I would I would enjoy going to the Pokemon Midnight release, but I would not stay up to play it because by the time by the time I get home and start playing it, I'm probably gonna be pretty tired <laughs> and then want to go to sleep. Yeah, right? being an adult. Let me ask you this, just for argument's sake, when it comes to movies, what was the last movie you lined up for to get a seat? Not lined up for because you already had row I, seat 17. What was the last movie you recall lining up for that you didn't have a reserve seat? Uh, the Dark... The third Batman movie. Was it the... Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight? No, The Dark Knight Rises. was the second one, yeah. No, what's the third one? Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that one. That was the last midnight release movie I went to. And, uh, yeah, we had to get in line. I think we... We went to karaoke that night, 10 o'clock, 
and sang like three songs and then went and got in line. My last two that I can remember was Spider-Man 2, I believe. So like really old, like yeah. Tobey Maguire. Or no, maybe it was Spider-Man 3 because I remember watching Spider-Man 2 on a PS Vita. Like on one of those, like what were those little discs called? The UH? Uh, UMD. Yeah, UMD. So I remember that. The last movie I actually remember seeing was X-Men Days of Future Past. That was the last one I lined up for. Alex and I went. It was really fun, but like that was before AVX. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, nowadays you, don't, you, nowadays you don't have to line up. But, like, right? standing in a line with a bunch of people talking about X-Men was fun. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and, and I remember, you know, you, you get to the theater and you're like, oh, yeah, we have we got plenty of time. We're going to get here an hour before the movie starts. And then you look and it's like, oh, yeah, the line's not too bad. And then the person's like, oh, no, no, it starts uh, down that way. Man, that was legitimately. And you got to walk for, like, five minutes just to get to the end of the line. Wasn't that like the big thing in high school too? Like you'd go to the movies an hour early because you, like you didn't really want to like hang out with your parents, but whoever's parent was driving you, would like drop you off at the movies really early, and then mm. you'd just go hang out at the theater. I remember when we all finally got cars and we just hung out at the movies because it was better. Yeah, I actually um, I lied. The last movie I lined up for was technically Star Wars Episode One, Two, Three. Four, five, six. You bought tickets seven in advance. Eight. That doesn't count. No, but it's not. It wasn't reserved seating. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Star Wars marathon. It. Yeah, you had to buy tickets in advance, but it wasn't reserved seating. Okay, that one's fair. Yeah. So technically, I uh, lined up for uh, eight, eight movies in a row. Yeah. See, like now, I think you get that same experience. Like you don't get that lineup experience, but if you go to that opening night, like either that seven o'clock or that nine o'clock show and the crowd cheers when things happen. That's your same experience. Yeah. That's what the star Wars marathon was, you know, like when star Wars episode one came on and then the, you know, the Star Wars logo, everyone was cheering and like that energy just like, the, you know, you that, back. Mo- that movie gets a lot of hate, but just watching that movie with, you know, a hundred other people in the theater and everyone is just like there and just loving it. It was honestly like the same experience as being in that line outside of EB games, outside of a Best Buy and that first person in line, you know, they, they bought that game. They bought that console and everyone's cheering because like everyone is there just enjoying that moment together. You know, you waited so long to experience that and everyone's doing it. That's, so yeah, that's what that was. That's how I felt through the Avengers. Like I was, I remember when I got because we went to the nine o'clock theater or the nine o'clock showing. Yeah, I had like my big headphones on, and I was blasting music so I couldn't hear shit. Like, like even going to the bathroom, like ordering food and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would order food and then I'd put my headphones back on because like I already had an idea of what was gonna happen. I saw like one small, small sliver of a, a frame where I knew like Smart Hulk was coming in, but I wanted to hear nothing until I got into that theater because there was no possible way that anybody in the theater saw the movie already mm-hmm. because the movies were staggered. So I knew once I was in that room, it was safe, but it was just like, 
I was in a zone, and then the the, the cheering was ballistic through that movie. Yeah, like I felt like I was at a sporting event when some things happened. Well, you know, you might be able to line up for another movie because uh, when Rise of the Skywalker or whatever comes out, only three people will go because now Star Wars is just getting the shit beaten out of it. Yeah, probably. But uh, there's a good chance that I will be going, or at least attempting to go to that uh, that that marathon again. Because I I have to see all of the movies in a row, even though the Last Jedi was terrible. You know, I got to. You can nap it. though. Yeah, that's going to be the napper. Are they going to put Solo in there? Is that not in canon? No, no. Well, it is technically, but uh, last year they didn't play any of the. Uh, they they didn't put Rogue One in. I think it's just the the mainline series. But yeah, no, that was great because like people had their Switch out. You know, people were playing Mario Kart. Nobody was playing Smash because that game hadn't come out. But yeah, but can you imagine waiting in line, playing Smash with everybody, playing oh, Smash on your right? five-hour battery life if you're lucky? Yeah. <laughs> no, everyone had their battery packs. <laughs> <laughs> Does this thing come in USB-C or what? Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I guess the midnight release is now reserved for consoles i assume like yeah special like the really special occasions i would get i would wait for a midnight release for a console or like a massive massive game like you know what cyberpunk like if we didn't already pre-order them on amazon cyberpunk might be one if keanu reeves was coming to toronto to do a game release for cyberpunk bet your ass i'd be there yeah not even getting the game (laughs) You just want to see uh, John Wick. Just want to yeah. see John Wick, the Baba Yaga himself. But with that being said, that is all the time we have for this episode. We went a little over time, and we are super sorry about that. David's not, um, but we will be back next week with even more great content, and maybe uh, some of our favorite lists are coming up pretty soon. Don't you think? Yeah, we. We're going to do some top 10s, top 11s, Ooh. and maybe if they're lucky, a top 12. You know what? Why don't we just go for the top baker's dozen? Y- yeah. Top 13s. Top 13s. The scene on screen, top 13. <laughs> you guys, Look. we just manufactured a brilliant idea. Yeah. It rolls off the tongue rather nicely as yeah. well. The scene on screen, baker dozen. Yeah. All right, guys, for myself and David, we want to thank you again for listening to the next, or not the next episode. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the Seed on Screen podcast. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to us on our many, many outlets. Check out our polls on Twitter and get involved with the show.